Hello, hello, and welcome to Megan's Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Collins. I'm a cultural anthropologist specializing in trend forecasting, digital behavior, and youth research. Normally on this podcast, I share what's cool right now and why with the side of existentialism and anti-capitalism, but we're doing something special today and tomorrow with a two-part series of trends. In part one, I'm going to take you through my trend predictions from this time in 2022, the end of the year when I was predicting what was going to happen. In 2023, I had 23 predictions, 23 trends for 2023, and I've done it again. I will be bringing you my 2024 cast, get it, 2024 cast, tomorrow. So tune in, subscribe so that you can listen in and hear it. Today, we're going to kind of look back at what was and tomorrow we're going to look at what I'm looking at for next year. So this is very lo-fi here. I just have a list of the 23 trends I predicted for 2023. But before I get into them, I wanted to talk a little bit about predictions in general. As someone who's got like almost a decade of expertise now, I can confidently say that never have I seen people as interested in trends as they are right now in terms of like consumer interest and there being kind of like this groundswell of content creators who are interested in trends. Here's my 2024 beauty trend predictions. First, things in fashion I think will be trending in 2024. Okay. My friends always compliment my ability to call out fashion trends before they happen. So here's a quick rundown of my 2024 predictions. I think this like, these are my 2024 it girl trend predictions. This is my hot take on beauty trend predictions for 2024. So here's five predictions of the biggest fashion trends of 2024. All right, so today I'm going to be going over 2024 hair trends, so. These are my super cutthroat trend predictions for 2024 for accessories and jewelry. Here are three millennial hair trends that I predict will be huge in 2024. These are the trends to have on your radar over the next couple of months. Here are my fashion trend predictions for 2024. There are some creators on TikTok like Girlboss Town who have made this a pillar of their content strategy of making predictions, pop culture predictions for what's going to happen. Last minute 2024 PR predictions with GPT follow along to see if they come true. Oprah's going to come out with like a TV series about her life on the own network, but not docu-series. Like it's going to be actors playing out her life. Kendall Jenner and Jack Harlow are going to have a moment at the Kentucky Derby. She's like such a horse girl and it's not going to be anything serious, but they're definitely going to have a moment. It's going to be everywhere. Rihanna is going to have a song of the summer with Central C. Kourtney Kardashian is going to quit social media and Instagram for good and make a big deal out of it. Drake is going to host the Sports Illustrated swim shoot at his house and be the first man ever on the cover or do it for like a theme of his music video. I just thought about kind of like, what's the goal here? As someone who does this professionally, I know why I'm doing this because I need to help brands activate on things that having the lead time that predicting trends and predicting consumer appetite for is helpful in meeting the moment. But it's interesting why do people want to make predictions? And I think some of it has to do with the pandemic. I think one of the reasons why astrology had such a boom in the last few years is because we're taking women's interests more seriously, despite what Matt Reif would like us to do. But also, I think that there's a sense of, especially in our society, because we're so individualistic and it's every man for himself, needing to feel like you're anticipating almost like a form of hypervigilance that we all have of like, well, you should have seen this coming. The minute something bad happens to someone, we tell them, well, what did you expect when you XYZ? I've even noticed lately something bad happens and 
there's a whole section of people whose quote unquote take online will be, I'm not surprised this happened. I saw this coming XYZ. And I just thought about what is this desire to be a Nostradamus today, essentially, for the everyday person wants to be a Nostradamus. Like part of it is because it's fun. Like I enjoy making predictions because I'm often correct and I enjoy being right. So it's fun to make predictions. And then when they come true, say, look, I predicted this, this would happen. And I've also made a job out of that. But it's also incredibly frustrating, I think, for these people when they predict that something is going to happen and they don't really win anything for it because we've kind of been told that foreseeing the future or predicting what people are going to need or like knowing something is going to happen before it does is some shortcut to success and career growth and even clout. And it's just not. And I think the fact that so many people are participating in this behavior now, that's going to become clear. And I think we're primed for a prediction backlash, probably, especially when it comes to, I think, these people predicting like celebrity breakups or there's so many people who's like, I predict Taylor Swift and Travis will get engaged. And it's like, ooh. And this also caused me to reflect on like, okay, well, like, what do, what do I, what am I using predictions for in a world where everybody is making predictions? And what is the actual role of predictions besides this kind of getting to say, I told you so? Because I think that they are, it is valuable. And so I thought about this for a long time and I came to the conclusion that for me, these predictions are a way to calibrate kind of how I was talking about in a past episode. We all have bias. And I think one of the reasons why I've been so successful at my job is because rather than try to fight my bias or to pretend it's not there, I just fully embrace it. There's these certain areas in culture where I'm an expert, but I'm also biased. And I know that and I make that known to the people in my field. Are you a Nikki fan? What? Am I a Nikki fan? (laughs) Pull up in the Sri Lanka. What? (laughs) And my colleagues. And I think that leads to a better understanding of kind of which insights are coming from Megan the professional and which are coming from Megan the personal in a way that is way more valuable to everybody else because I'm able to talk about things that I care about passionately in an incredibly technical way that is necessary for brands to help understand. But I'm also like, but I'm a fan though. So, you know, (laughs) go crunch the numbers and see if it makes sense for you. And I think predictions are a way for me to see how far off am I from reality? Where are my biases? Where do I overestimate culture? Where do I underestimate culture? Where do I think things are moving faster than they actually are? Where am I just completely off and I don't know what I'm talking about? So I think that's kind of where I'm at with predictions and what I think they can be valuable for. If you're interested in cultural analysis or it's really a fun hobby to have or pop culture, just go to your notes app and just type in some predictions. You don't have to like share them. You can just have them. And then at the end of the year, you can see how right was I? How wrong was I? And make some more. I don't know. I... I can see it. We'll see. We'll see if it happens. But the French artist aesthetic might be hot this year. And if it is, I fucking told you so. And if it's not, forget I said anything. 
Another fun thing to predict this time of year is the Coachella lineup. Um, I have a running list, a notes app list that I just go back to throughout the year. I think you have to kind of value the exercise of it though, not the being right, because there is no prize for being right. And in fact, as the myth of Cassandra goes, she was cursed with being able to see the future, but nobody believed her. And it's really not fun when you're always correct and giving people a heads up about what's to come and then nothing comes of the heads up. So he told me my fish would die the next day. Yeah. No, no. He told me I'd grow a gut. And just like he said, he said that my hair would disappear. Now look at my hair. Proceed with caution. <laughs> Okay, with all that said, we're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to take you through my 23 predictions for 2023 and whether or not I got them right, I'm going to give myself scores 1, 2, 3, 3 is an A, 2 is a B, and 1 is a C, and then anything else is an F and 0 points and we're going to see what my score was because why not make it fun? We'll be back in a minute. We don't talk about Bruno, no. These aren't very flushed out and uh, they're just kind of bullet points. This is just literally a sheet of notebook paper. Number one, person slash role dot connector. And this is essentially kind of just what I do and just what I've noticed is becoming more needed in um, an AI tech heavy landscape. It's like people who are able to connect the dots and kind of do complicated thinking and who can do more than just kind of the tasks that they're assigned, but kind of go above and beyond and not in the sense of like working so hard, but like solving not just their problem, but thinking about what problem other problems they can solve in their work in a very like communal way that I think corporate America overly has siloed people and teams and structures. And I think that there needs to be kind of a pendulum swing back, especially as they keep laying people off. So I think that we will see more roles that are about cross-functional things and yeah, 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 kind of boring. Okay, second one, behavior, colon, media milestones, first binge watch, for instance. This is actually something that um, Pinterest also kind of hit on for their 2024 Pinterest predicts. They called them like inch stones or something like that, where they're like, people are going to be celebrated every little thing. I made this specifically about media. I think it'll be first binge watch, first concert, first series finale, first ship, things like that. Number three, Yassified Tech. We definitely saw that with people putting bows on their headphones. Just kind of like the girlification of everything this year. Um, number four, everything is a cult. And yeah, that definitely happened this year. The latest thing that people are talking about is the mother god cult. But I think this will continue into 2024. I think that we've only scratched the surface of understanding what cults are. But I also think that at its core, cult behavior is very human. And so I think that we're kind of going to start to parse that gray area of like, what's the difference between a cult and a community and a religion? You know, and where's the overlap and what's toxic versus positive and things like that. Number five, HR reckoning. I feel like this is still brewing. I feel like there's been more conversation um, that kind of snowballing off of quiet quitting. I recently learned about this term called quiet quitting, where you're not outright quitting your job, but you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond. 
You're still performing your duties, but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. The reality is it's not, and your worth as a person is not defined by your labor. There's this new TikToker, corporate Aaron, who takes on the persona and does skits as a corporate HR person who talks a lot but says a whole lot of nothing. I'll insert a clip here. It's really funny. Okay, so it's actually a little bit before nine, but everybody's already here. So I'm just going to go ahead and get started. Okay, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Corporate Erin. I'm the manager for the manager of logistics for management management. And for the purposes of today's meeting, why I put a nine o'clock meeting on everyone's call this morning, thank you so much for being here, is kind of really just explaining my presence. So... I am taking over social media for Lisa Beasley. She's on a sabbatical. Uh, she currently doesn't have the bandwidth. And we can definitely understand that even though we have our workload here, we can definitely understand when, you know, someone doesn't have the bandwidth, some of us have to pick up the slack. But in order to make sure that this doesn't turn into a complete dumpster fire, I'm here making sure that all of the deliverables that Lisa wants to get across to you gets across to you. I don't think that HR has had its full reckoning yet. I think that it started and it could definitely be coming in 2024, but not fully here yet. I would say the reckoning has not reckoned. Number six is a shift colon influencers comma relatable arrow growth. And I think that this is referring to how people have kind of recognized that influencers grow through this cycle of they start and everyone loves them because they're so relatable and then they become more famous, they get more money, and then suddenly they're not as relatable anymore. And we see this going on right now with Emma Chamberlain. She's like really, really being criticized for everything she does and how she's not relatable. Most recently, it was taken out of context that she is so rich, she doesn't even check her bank account. I listened to what this was from. It was from an interview she did with Colin and Samir, who are two of my favorite podcasters. And they were talking about how she deals with kind of like what it's like to be so young and so successful. And she was explaining how she tries not to think about it. And she was saying it in kind of like a self-deprecating way of how she knows it's not the best, but that's what she needs to do for her own mental health. And she was explaining that she doesn't basically she doesn't want to know how much money she has because then she'll start spending it in her head is what i got out of it and as someone who is kind of similar she's a taurus moon i'm a taurus moon we love to be bougie and we'll be as bougie as you let us be so it's probably best that emma thinks that she has much less money than she actually does because then she would definitely indulge more like it's a very indulgent personality type i want fabulous that is my simple request all these fabulous bigger and And so I think that's kind of what she was saying more so than, oh, I don't even check because I don't care. She grew up rich. She's never been worried about money. Why would she start now that she has it, you know? My life be like, wow, yeah. I think that what this is going to lead to is people are going to start to recognize that this is just kind of the life cycle of the influencer. And so they're going to be more selective about who they choose. And they're going to really start to choose influencers who they're actually invested in their growth. And that's kind of going to be the thing that's going to draw people to influencers, not necessarily like they're just like me. I'm just like you. 
you are. You're just like me. But I'm interested in this person's growth narrative, whatever that may be. That could be literal growth, like in the gym. That could be trying to achieve a goal. That could be a hobby, a skill. It could be being a content creator, but instead of like, I'm just like you, you're just like me being the kind of mode through which these influencers are garnering that parasocial relationship. I think it'll be more of like a one person showing I have this like growth journey I'm on. Join me, kind of be be part of my cheer squad. Seven, content, colon, mean girls. Basically, I just predicted that this year we would let women be mean. And I think we kind of have for the most part. I don't think that I can point to anything specific, but I think kind of this idea that, oh, and they also literally are coming out with the new Mean Girls movie. I didn't know that. My name is Regina George. We women have to trust and support each other. You could be really hot if you change like everything. I just think the idea that women don't need to be kind in order to be heard is coming into the forefront. And not that we should champion mean girls in general, but just like the idea that women can be assholes too. And it's not more morally wrong than when men are assholes, I think was very much a thing this year. Number eight, I have luxury train travel. That definitely happened. Beyonce was recently on LVMH's train um, that they bought. And yeah, I predicted that one. Oh, I forgot. I've been forgetting to give myself grades. Okay, we're gonna speed grade through the first eight. So person or role dot connector. I'm gonna give myself, I'm gonna give myself a B for that one. I feel like I definitely saw it in my organization, but in general, I can't say. Behavior, medial milestones. I'm gonna give myself a C for that one. I feel like Pinterest predicted something that's more on the nose and mine has yet to come to fruition. Yes, if I tech, I'm giving myself an A for that one. So that's a three. Everything is a cult. I'm gonna say two. If I could give myself plus, and minus this would be a b plus but two points for that one because i think we're still edging towards the maximum on that one hr reckoning i'm gonna give myself a two for that one that would be a two minus if we were doing plus or minuses i would say b minus influencers i feel like this hasn't happened yet and i saw i'm gonna give myself a one content mean girls three that definitely happened luxury train travel three once beyonce does it okay post barbie core and i said my scene brats i don't think that this has happened yet actually. I don't, I haven't even really seen the cultural signals that it's going to. I think it still could next year. Bratz is definitely seems to be like in the know. They understand the social landscape and their role as a brand. And they're uniquely positioned, I feel like, to resonate with older women in this era that millennials love buying toys. And millennials are actually like both consumers of the toy market for themselves and children. So I think it could still happen, but it did not happen this year. So I'm gonna give myself a one. Ten, mommy and slash women and emotional labor. This was definitely a huge conversation that happened um i would say actually though it was bigger last year than it was this year and i don't know if that's just because i'm over it or what but i'm gonna give myself a b for that one Okay, this one's another shift. Aspiration to anticipation. And then in parentheses, I said, for example, it's not about the presence, it's about the moment slash reaction. And that's so true. Like this year, people didn't want to see unboxing. This is what I got. This is what I got. This is what I got. I mean, people did. There's always people who want to see unboxing videos. But for the most part, I feel like the moments that were striking a chord with the collective and not just individuals who love content, content, content were parents giving their kids experiences, puppies, things that they were really excited about. There was the trend of stealing things from your grandma's house and then pretending those were the family's gifts for that year. And that's what people were capturing. It wasn't, did you get the Dyson Airwrap? It was, was someone in your house surprised with a really thoughtful gift and how did they react? So I'm going to give myself a three for that one.
Number 12, I just said vlogs. I mean, I guess. I, I, that's a C. That's lazy. You can do better, Megan. 13, I put quotes, natural, nail, hair, skin. Um, um, yeah, I think that happened. And I feel like this is just now starting to take off in nails where like all of the influencer girls who don't have good hygiene, Alex Earl, are sick of doing their nails all the time. So they're like, guys, I kind of think that natural nails are in. And like, really, it's just they don't want to have to deal with getting their nails done and then keeping them nice. Um, but it's still happening. In terms of natural hair, no, that's definitely not happening. And I didn't mean like natural in that it was a natural color. I meant extensions. But so I'm going to give myself a C plus for this one. So one point. The next one is also a shift from 24 hours to monthly as part of the fem wave. And this is definitely true. I don't know if it's just me, but I've been inundated with ads for that big ass calendar that basically is moving from like week to week to like entire months at a time. So I'm going to give myself a B minus for that one. 15, I said wholesome white millennials and then in parentheses like Miss Rachel. I would say for the most part, this was true. Who are some other wholesome white millennials we fell in love with this year? I mean, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. It doesn't get more wholesome white millennial than those two. A plus for me. Sixteen, London for black people. That, okay, everybody and their mother went to Beyonce's Renaissance show. And that was, that I didn't know that that was gonna be a thing when I wrote this. So I'm gonna give myself an A for that as well. Male, sustainable community building, aesthetic, fun, people, male influencers, stamp collectors, stamp doc. So that's just a list of stream of consciousness of why I think male needs to have its moment. I'm a little biased on this one because I personally love giving and receiving mail. This didn't really happen this year though. If anything, I would say the USPS was less relevant this year than they were the year before. So I'm unfortunately gonna have to give myself a zero for that one. I feel like there was another one I should have given myself a zero for. Which one? I forgot that was an option. Oh, the media milestones thing. That has not happened at all yet. So that's zero too. Okay, we're in the final countdown of the last six things that I predicted. And then I'll tally it all up and give myself a score of how well I did. 18, fast home decor. In parentheses, like fast fashion. I would say this definitely happened. The fact that everyone goes to Target every season to completely redecorate their house for the season. Yeah. That's an A minus. Yonic design. This was also part of the larger Fenwave macro trend that I was um, suggest that I was projecting. I don't think that this fully happened yet. I think we're still on the way. So Yonic design. I don't know exactly what Yonic means, but it vaguely has to do with like of the female body, I believe. And it's a lot of curves and soft edges as opposed to concrete and harsh lines. It's definitely happening. Like if you look at like Danny Clarick and the rug, I am coveting that rug so hard, but it's so expensive. Like the really colorful rug that she made. That's so it's actually a really cute story. Danny Clarick um, was is dating this guy because they got back together. It seems like his name's Bello. He owns a film camera shop in Miami where it's like they sell film cameras and they also develop film and she painted this really beautiful display for the shop because she helped him design it and by helped him design it I mean I first came across her because she was designing the store <laughs> and she hand painted it took forever and it's just this really beautiful collage of like melty colors it kind of looks like that Dr. Seuss book and it's just this really beautiful colorful thing and then she made a home line and she used inspiration from stuff that she'd already made. And that was one of them. And so there's this really beautiful, interesting, colorful rug that they have out that you can buy. But it's so expensive. So I can't afford it. But anyways, that didn't happen yet. 
but it, the seeds are starting. I'm going to give myself a one, a C. The girlies reign. A plus plus. Yeah, you really did. The American delusion awakening. That's definitely what I would call this moment. Unfortunately, I predicted that as well with everything that's going on in Israel, Palestine, and so many people realizing that we are the bad guys. Is it me? Am I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama. Maybe I am. Am I the villain? I don't think I'm the villain. 22, wholesome, provocative, like Markiplier. I would say that this kind of happened. It's basically this idea of this new archetype of celebrity who's at their core, really kind and nice, but isn't afraid to be a little bit outlandish and especially sexual. I would say Renee Rapp falls into this category. Olivia Rodrigo also, I would feel like, falls into this category. Um, yeah, I think that this this is definitely a thing. I'm going to give myself a B plus. And then 23, aquatic everything. I mean, my tree was aquatic. A lot of people did Oceanic Christmas. Ocean Gate happened. North Sea TikTok, the nine-month cruise. I definitely called that one. So that's three. Okay, so now we're going to total everything up and see. So I could have gotten 69 <laughs> total points. So let's see what I got out of 69. Oh, boy, that's not good. I only got a 68%. Harsh, man. Real harsh. <laughs> it's funny because I love how I made this contest. I made it gradable and now I'm upset because I didn't do well even though like I graded myself. <laughs> I feel like this is what it is to be a Virgo. <laughs> you just experienced it. Like, oh, you know, it'd be fun. Let's make this a game. And then it's like grade yourself really harshly and then you were like, I didn't do very well. And you're like, <laughs> what's wrong with me? Um, no, I'll be fine. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for a walk. Um, but I would say overall I did pretty good. I think that where could I do better for next year, even though I've already made my predictions? Um, I think I need to be less specific about certain things. And then, you know, like how I said, so much of this is seeing where your bias is. So I feel like I male, for instance, that was just something I wanted to happen. That was more of a manifestation and not a actual prediction. But I thought it was prediction because that's what I wanted to do. And so that's like something that I can be more cognizant of going forward of like, I have a vested interest in the USPS for some reason that collective just does not. Um, vlogs, that wasn't like specific enough. Like, what does that mean? You know? natural hair again that was like a thing that i was seeing so this is helpful in seeing like where do i just personally have interest versus where is their cultural interest whereas things like yassified tech and mean girls luxury train travel aspiration to anticipation wholesome white millennials london for black people like all these other things that I am also interested, I was able to predict accurately. And who's to say that it's not because I'm also very interested in them. So it's, you know, hit or miss um, being a participant in culture while you're also trying to objectively study it. But I think by doing things like this and confronting the areas where you're wrong and don't know what the fuck you're talking about is actually super important and helpful. With that said, that brings us to the conclusion of this special edition that I hope to make an annual tradition. My favorite, one of my favorite podcasts, Pop Culture Happy Hour, actually does this every year and I love it. Um, so I thought I would do it myself and come back tomorrow for my 2024 cast. Get it? 2024 cast? Where I will be giving you 24 predictions I have for 2024. It's a little bit more organized than this. So just a little bit. All right. I'll talk to you later and hopefully tomorrow. Bye.